Hey everyone, welcome to Till It Tea Time. I will be discussing my writing and what inspires me, future projects, and also some great recommendations I have for you all. Grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy the podcast. So what inspires me to write? I guess it's a collection of different things. When I write, I like to be alone. I made up the spot in our guest room with a view of the mountains where I can sit and have mostly distraction-free area. I like to make a tray up with my tea and small snack like fruit or sweet peppers, which I know might sound a little weird. And then I play some lovely classical music and I start writing. But one thing that inspires my stories is listening or observing other people and their stories. I love to sit down with my grandpa and listen to his stories about him growing up in Michigan. Once when I was in a restaurant, I got into a conversation with uh, one of the regulars there. He was telling me about how his father fought in World War II and some of the stories his father had told him. I love hearing other people's stories. They are what inspire my creativity. I also have a notebook in my purse that I carry around with me all the time. If I hear something interesting, I write it down. Or if I have time, I'll describe someone I'm observing. Say, um, someone in a coffee shop. Kind of describe what they're doing and their overall appearance. And it just helps me kind of have a collection of data, so to say, of different people in different places and different activities. Even the mundane tasks I like to write down. You never know what could end up in a story. One of my favorite things, though, is to watch period dramas on television. It helps me get a visual of the time period I'm writing about or helps me imagine certain characters I'm writing. I've also been doing some family ancestry research. And some of the stories of my ancestors have inspired new stories and ideas. I'm currently writing novella on the banks of Swartz Creek about my third great-grandfather. He rode his horse from Michigan to Oregon City in the 1850s. I won't give too much of the story away, though. You'll have to read that for yourself when it comes out. Another story from my ancestry research was very fascinating to me. It was about my eighth great-grandmother. As a girl in the 1700s in Massachusetts area, she and her mother and sisters were kidnapped by the natives. It took many years for her brothers and father to arrange for their release. You see, in that time, the natives were mad at the settlers for stealing their land. They wanted to negotiate the release of the woman for their land, but the settlers weren't willing to give up their land. Well, after many years of living with the natives, she fell in love with a young chief. Her family was released, but she wanted to stay behind and marry the chief of a Mohawk tribe in Canada. So she stayed there, and her parents and siblings moved back to Massachusetts. Stories like those are what inspire me to create the stories I do. I want to transport people to another place and time just through my words. Because maybe just for that one moment, while they read, whatever bad things may be happening around them, They can put those things aside for a moment and smile or laugh, or they can learn something through the stories. I also love watching movies. One of my favorites is The Greatest Showman. 
If you haven't seen that movie, I suggest you go and see it right now. It's about P.T. Barnum and the beginnings of the circus. It's a wonderful film filled with unique and wonderfully talented people. I had the pleasure of seeing one of the last Barnum and Bailey circus performances last year on my birthday. As a kid, I loved the idea of a circus with people performing different acts, animals running around, and of course the appeal of the circus tent. So when I saw the circus as an adult, I couldn't help but feel like a child again. They had different animals doing tricks, people flying around on ropes at very scary heights, saw people doing flips off of horses. I would say it was almost magical though. Just the way everything came together. It was like chaotic, but beautiful. So when I went and saw The Greatest Showman back in December, I had this sense of awe overcome me. I was suddenly 10 years old sitting at the circus. And then to see what some of the people in the circus went through, let's just say if you haven't seen it, you should. Plus the soundtrack is amazing and I have been listening to it on repeat for months. And I'm saying months. I've never listened to music this much. Okay, maybe once in high school when I was obsessed with a song by my favorite band called Switchfoot. But the music in that movie, oh, it's just wonderful. I actually love musicals. It's kind of interesting um, because growing up, I didn't really watch them that often. And I thought people singing randomly throughout a movie was kind of weird. But now, maybe because I sing randomly throughout my life and my day-to-day tasks, I find it way more interesting and I love the singing and I love that dancing. It's just so much fun. But I love how the music also tells a story, especially like if you've seen The Sound of Music, it kind of goes along with the storyline. It's beautiful. Oh, I love The Sound of Music. Another (laughs) great musical. But I just love how each song is a story in itself. It's kind of like a book, but you hear it and it's, you know, musical instruments and the voice has more of a rhythm to it than just the drone of someone talking like me. (laughs) But I absolutely love musicals. So how many of you like musicals? Is there any particular musical that has stood out to you in your life? All right, so getting back on track with um, books. This week, I read the second book in the series. Last week, I read After a Fashion by Jen Toronto, and I told you a little bit about that. The second book in her that series is In Good Company, and this book (laughs) was another great book. I don't think she writes any bad books, so um, you really can't go wrong with Jen Toronto. But it's about a young woman, Millie Longfellow, And she is determined to become a nanny for Everett Mulberry, who is a guardian for three young children. But anyway, it's a very, very good book with some very hilarious happening-ons, I guess you could say. But this book also has a little bit of mystery kind of tied into it. I love it when books have something at the end of each chapter that just makes you want to keep reading. This book took me maybe 24 hours to read. As soon as I got it in the mail, I was reading it within seconds of sitting down on my couch, opening the package, and I was like, I'm reading this right now. I can't wait. Which I love that about books. Like, that's how they should be. You 
have that anticipation, that magic, I guess, of the words and how they play scenarios in your head. And it's almost like a movie, I guess, but you imagine everything. Like they give you a base description, but you come up with everything else in your head. And that's one of the things I love about plays is they leave so much up to the imagination that you as an audience are very active in the production because you are imagining along with the actors and actresses what's happening. Where in movies, they have everything out there for you. So it's a little bit more less imagination, <laughs> less use of imagination. But yes, I love, love this book. And it's called In Good Company by Jen Toronto. I'm actually on the third book right now. I'm only in chapter five. <laughs> so we will see how that goes. And since today, well, tomorrow will be Friday when this comes out, it will be today. Um, but since the weekend is coming up, I am sure that I will get through that book fairly quickly. Now, I know I've been mentioning a lot of historical Christian fiction. That's because most of what I enjoy tends to be that genre. But I do like to read some new things once in a while when I have a chance. So if you have any recommendations, I'd love to hear from you. So one of my side projects I've been doing is a travel journal. Now, uh, last July, I went to Maine with my sister-in-law, and I'd never been to Maine before. I'd always dreamed of going since I was in third grade. I've always wanted to go to Maine. I'm not sure why. <laughs> it might be because I chose to do like a research project on it. When I was younger, you know, they'd make you choose a state and things like that. And I chose Maine and I fell in love with that state. So I went there this summer on a road trip. I think it was like a total of 36 hours of driving. It's a little much, but it was totally worth it. Spent a week camping, enjoying every moment I could. Uh, we went to Acadia National Park. But now I'm doing this travel journal and I have about 85 pictures from my trip that I printed out. And now I am writing down some of the highlights of my trip, something, most of the things that I would probably forget in a few years, like the little things that happened. Um, like one of the things is when we got the campground, they didn't tell us there were no showers. So that was interesting. Let's just say a week without showers. We washed each other's hair with a large bowl and ice cold water and did pretty much sponge baths in ice cold water. It was cold. Um, don't know if I mentioned that. And we could have paid for showers, but it was like $2 for a minute and a half. And when you spent all your money on gas to get there <laughs> um, and food to, you know, keep going through the week, you don't really want to spend a small fortune for a five-minute shower. So I'm making this travel journal and I will be posting some pictures on Instagram and my Facebook page, but it is pretty neat. It's more unique than a, just a regular, um, journal or a photo album. It has photos, it has maps. Um, I wish I had saved a little bit more as far as like ticket stubs or you know, things like that. But anywhere you go, like you can save all these little things and add it to the journal, which is really cool because 
you know, like say that ticket stub to that movie that you just loved, you kind of save it forever. It's in your purse. You can add it to your travel journal and then you can have other people read it. It's just more engaging and it's a good reminder of the places you've been and the adventures you've been on. So I am looking forward to getting this particular trip completely journaled out and I will definitely keep up with it for my future travels, especially since I'd like to do more traveling in the future and kind of coincide with my writing and do more research trips. Who knows, maybe a trip to England in the future. So this past week was Shakespeare's birthday, but some of you know how much I love Shakespeare. But anyway, yes, his birthday was this past week. At least historians believe that's when his birthday is. And it just reminded me of the story that happened to me. So I will tell you that real quick before I end the podcast. So I believe it was last week. Um, We were at our favorite restaurant. I have so many good conversations with people there. Um, We sit like at the bar area of the restaurant um, because we know everyone there. (laughs) We always just, it's kind of like a community and we all just sit together and eat our meal and chat with each other. So it's really great. But I had already eaten, so I just got myself a milkshake and there weren't that many people there um, when we went because it was pretty late. But my husband had to go off and he was talking to someone outside, um, having a conversation. And I was inside Honestly, I was bored to tears. I was just like, oh, I want to just go home and read. But I didn't really want to be rude and tell him that we had to go. So I always carry around a, um, I call it in case of emergency of boredom book. And this one was Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare. No surprise there. But I was sitting at the bar area, pull out my book, Much Ado About Nothing, sipping on my milkshake. And this guy comes over, sits next to me. He's like, hey, what you reading? Okay, just for a hint for anyone else there, you know, out there who thinks it is okay to approach someone who's reading, it's not. That means they don't want to talk. (laughs) At least for me. I don't want to socialize with anyone while I'm reading. Like, I'm getting into this book. I would really like to not socialize at the moment. But apparently this guy, who I have no idea who he is, I've never seen him there before, comes up to me and decides this is the perfect time to socialize with someone who's reading. No, it's not. Anyway, so he asked what I'm reading and I said, much ado about nothing. And he asked me, what's it it about? And I quickly reply, nothing. (laughs) I don't know why I said that, but yes. So, because it says much to do about nothing. And he said, what's it about? And I said, yeah, nothing. So anyway, that was just like a funny little story. He kept wanting me to read Shakespeare to him and I refused. And (laughs) he eventually left. (laughs) But yes, it's just a note. If someone's reading in a public place, you might not want to approach them. It might be because they don't want to be socializing with anyone Or, not that I don't want to socialize with anyone, it's just at that moment, I just really wanted to read, and that was the best opportunity I had. Next week, I will have a guest on the podcast with me. Her name is Vanessa, and I look forward to talking with her about books and Christian fiction. 
So I hope you will join us next week. And you can find all the information for the books I talked about and the movies in the description of the podcast. And if you'd like to find me on Facebook, you can find me on my author page, which is facebook.com slash author Alyssa Tillett, or find me on Instagram. Thank you for listening. I'm Alyssa, and this is Tillett Tea Time. <music>